We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. My name is Zach Pearson. I'm one of your hosts, and we have a lot to get caught up on this week as the Chicago Bears have now won. Two other last three games. There's a new man in charge at quarterback for the time being as the Tyson Bajan era is officially underway with the injury to Justin Fields. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Bears offense, how it looked against the Raiders, plus preview Sunday night football. Yep, the Bears are in prime time. Once again, they travel across the country to Los Angeles. They're going to take on the Chargers this Sunday night. Looking for win number two, looking two in a row, looking for win number three overall on the year. Let's get into all that and welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, uh, yeah, it's been a while since we've talked. We've had some uh, personal stuff going on, um, each of us, but it, it kind of feels like um, a lot has happened here in the past two weeks. And, you know, the Bears now two wins in the season. They've won two out of three, but a tough test coming up this week against the Chargers. Yeah, it's uh, – man, I, I don't think this is – well, maybe you because I know you were definitely – uh, much lower on them going into the season after training camp than I was. But, man, I, you talk about one of the weirdest starts to a season as a whole, right, where it's like they just they come out flat. That Man, that loss of Green Bay, and I know it's week one. Like, obviously, we saw the Bears beat the 49ers last, you know, last year in week one, and, you know, we, we kind of, like, you know, had, had some high hopes, and then things fell apart, and the 49ers ended up in the NFC Championship game. But – that man, that loss in week one's looking even worse because it's like we're talking about the Bears and dude, the Packers will look terrible. I mean, they really should be one and five right now if it wasn't for the fact that Dennis Allen, in my opinion, is just not a good head coach and completely took his foot off the gas, even with Jameis Winston and that quarterback as a backup. Uh, you know, up 17 to nothing basically halfway through the third quarter. I mean, it's just it's it's crazy to kind of see how this this season is kind of unfolding and then you, you look back and again, this is not just, you know, it, it's not like a knock, but it's just interesting to see, like you look back to a week ago against that game. Cause obviously we didn't do a podcast last week against like, you know, the game against the Vikings where 
the Bears had a chance to win the game. Obviously, they didn't. And the Bears and the Vikings were in two very similar spots. They were both one and four. The winner goes to two and four. The loser goes to one and five. And all of a sudden, you look at Minnesota. They had a huge win last night um, against the, the you know the, the 49ers. And all of a sudden, you know they're sitting in a spot right now where they're three and four. And because of the way the NFC is shaping up, they're really right back in the mix of a wild card spot where you know there's some rumors that you know there could be a trade or whatever. And it's just interesting because you look at the Bears and it's like they have looked pretty freaking incompetent for the better part of the year. But in their two wins, they're two blowout dominating wins. And it's, you know, obviously the commanders are not a very good team. The Raiders are, are definitely not a good team. And we're playing, you know, playing with a backup quarterback. But I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just a Jekyll and Hyde act, man. They come out, they you know, they blow out the the you know the Commanders on Thursday night football in prime time and shock everybody, and then the next week you think, okay, well, you know, Justin Jefferson's not playing, the Bears should be able to win this game. They don't, but then they come back the week after, um, and you know, it, it's just it's it's really weird. But you're talking about a, a team in the Chargers that they play on Sunday night football, which God bless anybody who you know, willingly sits down and watches that game, a pair of two win teams going at it. But it's like, dude, the Chargers are struggling too, man. They're two and four. They've lost two games in a row. Um, Their offense has not looked very good. Justin Herbert has not had a good stretch of games over the last three games. As weird as it sounds, I mean, I'm not going to pick them to win, but I mean, this is another winnable game for the Bears and and a relatively winnable stretch of games for the Bears where if they really got on a run, they could probably at least make things interesting in November and December. I'm not saying it'll happen, but they're just in a really weird spot right now. Yeah, and you know, obviously it's a a weird spot without Justin Fields. Um, You know, since the last time we talked, he got hurt in the Minnesota game. Um, You know, coming off, a good performance against the Broncos for three quarters, a really good performance against the commanders for four quarters, you know, getting over 300 yards in one of those games, I think getting like 289 or 287 in another one of those games, four touchdowns in both of them. I think we expected to see a lot more against the Vikings and, you know, it it was a struggle. It was, um, it it was tough for the, the bears in those quarters that Justin Fields played and, you know, despite that, they were still in that game. The defense really only gave up the seven points. It was a touchdown at the end of the first half. You have a couple of field goals, but the Bears' offense looked totally different. They looked like they couldn't move the football at all. Then, you know, Fields gets hurt. Bajant comes in. He gets strip sack, fumble, touchdown, comes in, scores a touchdown, and then is picked off. Um, but he's the guy right now because of the Fields' injury, and the Bears aren't going to put Fields on IR from everything that we know so far. But, you know, how long does he stay out? Because the Bears have some tough games coming up. You know, they, they, they have the Chargers, who, as you mentioned, they're a two-win team, but I think they're better than a two-win team. Like, you look at their schedule, they've had some, some games that, um, you know, have been tough so far. Obviously, they're, they're coming off a, a road game at uh, Kansas City. That's not an easy place to play, as the Bears have found out. You know, they, they did beat the Vikings. They beat the Raiders, but they've also played, you know, the Dolphins, um, who beat them. They lost a tough one to the Titans. Um, they lost a home one to the Cowboys. So I do think they're a better team than the record says. Uh, so it, it's going to be a tougher test for the Bears. But you're right. I mean, they're in this weird spot. Like trade deadline is we're recording this on Tuesday. is a week from today. It's Halloween. What do the Bears do? I, 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 I you know, I, I don't know if they go out and make a big, big move. I mean, last year they made a couple moves, but. What do they go? What do they go do? I, I think you have to go out. Maybe if you do make a move, you go look for a pass rusher. But 
I just feel like this team is um, it's at a spot where you have the Chargers and the Saints coming up, and if you can win both those games, maybe we start changing a little bit the, the 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 feel for the season. If you lose both those games, for me, it's all right. We're going back into tank mode. Yeah, well, and that's kind of the thing, right? Is where I mean, I'm still directly in the boat of <clears throat> this season's going nowhere, regardless, and I'm also directly in the boat of. Anything that gets this coaching staff out of here next year is the best thing for this team. And obviously we have got many of games left to go before it's probably remotely appropriate to start talking about the offseason. So we won't dive too far into that. But yeah, they're they're in a weird spot. And that's kind of where that, that Vikings game comes into play where it's like, man, they win that game and all of a sudden you're looking at a three and four team with, you know, like the, the Saints are probably the toughest the toughest of these two teams that they're about to face. And obviously they still have Detroit twice, but it's like outside of that, I mean, they have, they've had a favorable schedule this entire time. And that's kind of the thing is like, it's not hard to see how they could luck into four or five, maybe six wins. I mean, really, I, I think most people, when you looked at the schedule, even if you weren't high on the bears this year, it's like they could easily win, you know, going into the year, it's like they could easily, you know, fall into, you know, six or seven wins. And, I don't know that they're in a spot where, you know, six or seven wins still makes a lot of sense. I think six is probably on the high side, but yeah, they're just, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird spot to be in for, I think a multitude of different reasons. Cause like you pointed out, I mean, Tyson Bajan is obviously gonna, you know, he's going to start this week. Uh, Matt Eberflus has already said that fields is doubtful. It sounds like if anything fields may have a shot to play next week. And you know, I, I I know that Chicago fans love to love the backup quarterback, right? And and don't get me wrong, like Tyson Bajan has been an awesome story. You're talking about a you know a D two guy that's come in, that you know an undrafted guy that won a roster spot, you know was basically I guess you know quarterback number three, and then got promoted a few weeks ago. Comes into his first start, gets the win. But I I, I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit here because you know here's the reality. Yes. The bears dominated. Yes. The bears won the game, but at the same time, Tyson Bajan wasn't asked to do much of anything. They, it was a run heavy attack against a not very good defense. And Bajan made throws when he needed to make throws and he deserves credit. He deserves a lot of credit for being an undrafted rookie free agent that walks in the door and, and even starts a game in the NFL, especially this early in the season and comes out with a win. Win is not a quarterback stat, but again, you have to give the guy credit. He didn't make any mistakes. But, I mean, dude, we're talking about a, a guy that averaged less than two and a half air yards a throw. Like, let's let's not get carried away. I keep seeing this stuff. Well, if, if Tyson Bajan comes out and wins this week, it's going to be a quarterback controversy. What What's the controversy? I don't – it to me, it doesn't benefit the Bears. Even if the Bears have already decided, like, Justin Fields is not our guy for 2024, we're moving on regardless if we have the number one, number two, or number five overall pick. It doesn't matter. We're moving on. We'll figure it out even at that point, you're still talking about a guy that you're going to have to trade. You're not going to keep him on the roster next year. And, you know, kind of like you pointed out, he's had seven really good quarters of football. He's had some decent quarters mixed in. But I, I think I think objectively speaking, when you look at what he's done so far this year, it's been 
more bad than there's been good. And that's just, it's an unfortunate situation, but that's just where the bears are right now. And, and, you know, it's just, it's a weird spot, but I think that even if the bears have already made the decision, I don't think they have, but even if they have already made the decision that they're not going to move forward with fields as their quarterback in 2024, it doesn't make any sense not to play him if he's healthy. And for Justin Fields, I don't think it makes a lot of sense either because you want a team like Atlanta going into next year, going into this offseason that wants you, that wants to at least give you a shot to win the job. Because I'll be honest, I think he's a hell of a lot better than uh, than Desmond Ritter. And I think he would work well in an offense that was more tailored to his, you know, to his strengths. And I think that's kind of what we saw, kind of another coin to this, another part of the coin here is that, I think that we saw that Luke Getze's offense works better with a quarterback that can basically read and react and just get the ball out. It doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if Tyson Beijing can't throw the ball 35 yards down the field uh, through the air. All that matters is that he can get the ball out quick and they can be efficient. They can play that old school, you know, style of offense. And while that was well and fine, and maybe that'll work a little bit here and there, that's not a sustainable offense. And in today's NFL, for one. And two, it just kind of goes to show that a lot of this marriage between the coaching staff and Justin Fields and everything that's going on is just very clearly not working. I mean, I I don't care how you cut it. We saw a very different offense this last Sunday. And, you know, it's it's I don't know if you watch Sunday Night Football or not, but they are already hyping up Bajan. Like I said, it's a cool story. Don't get me wrong. It's a cool story. I, I, I think in a best case scenario, you're talking about a guy that's a viable backup quarterback for you through basically four years of a rookie deal. Um, but for for people that are talking like, oh, well, if he keeps playing this way, then you keep Justin Fields on the bench. And if he keeps playing this way and he shows something like Brock Purdy, then if they even if they have the number one overall pick, you don't take a quarterback. Like, dude, we are so far away from all that. And I, I feel like because the Bears have not won a lot over the last two years, it feels like anytime the Bears win a game, it seems like there's just like th- this unrealistic high that goes on. And then the very next week, in, in typical Jekyll and Hyde fashion, they they knock everybody down a peg. So it's I don't know, man. It's just it's a weird spot because I feel like because Bears fans are so starved for that quarterback and so starved for a successful team, they, you know, they see an inch and they try to take a mile and run with it. And it's one start. And like you said, I mean, the Chargers are a much better team. So this will be a much better test. And let's just say Justin Fields isn't playing week nine. That New Orleans Saints defense is going to be a hell of a test for whoever, whatever quarterback is under center. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Yeah, and you know it's a tough road game too because it's at New Orleans, and that that's not an easy place to play. Um, you know, let's talk about Bajan. The Bears come out um, three and out, or they, I think they got one first down, the first drive, they had a punt. You know, the Raiders come back, um, miss a field goal, and from there it's it's you know pretty much all Bears. Um, you know, Bajan leads them two yard touchdown run by Donta Foreman um, in the second in the first quarter. Another three yard touchdown run by Donta Foreman in the second quarter. 14 nothing, and then they take a 14-3 lead in the break. And, and, you know, for me, I felt like even at the break, I felt like this was a game that, like, maybe the Bears would lose. Um, you know, I thought maybe the Raiders would come out a lot motive, more motivated in the second half. Like, um, but they just didn't have it, man. Brian Hoyer w- w- was bad. And, and, you know, the Bears added another four-man touchdown. And Jalen Johnson got two interceptions, including a pick six. But look at how Bajan played. I mean, you look at this, man, 21 of 29, 162 yards, one touchdown, 97.2 quarterback rating. Nothing that's, like, eye-popping. Um, what he did was he he got the ball out quick. I think his average time to throw was 2.7 seconds. His average air yards was, like, 2.3, which was, like, the lowest in a win all season long in the NFL. So the game plan was simple. They were going to run the ball. They're going to try to take Max Crosby out of the game. They're going to attack the middle with the run game of Dante Foreman. They were going to get the ball out quick with quick throws, um, use the flats, use the middle. They really, I I don't really remember how many, I don't think they, I, mean, I think they took one or two deep shots, like over 20 yards, if that, maybe one. I don't really remember many of them or even any that were past, God, what, 15 yards? There wasn't a lot of design stuff there. Um, a couple short screens they ran, um, trying to get, you know, DJ Moore into space. But, you know, really, it, it was a run game, man. Like 173 yards rushing net on the day. You know, Foreman had 89, Evans had 48. Um, they got Tyler Scott involved with two carries. He had 14. But you're right, man. There shouldn't be a, a quarterback controversy. And, you know, we can say that while praising Bajant, while also knowing, okay, like, this is probably not the guy you're going to build your franchise around. Um, this is probably more than likely a guy that could be a solid backup and come in for whoever's a quarterback next year. You know, if you need to come in and win a game, he could be that guy, but you know, this isn't um, someone unless, you know, unless he goes out and lights it up against the chargers, lights it up against the saints and goes on some crazy, like Brock Purdy run. This isn't a guy you're really going to build your, your offense around. And you know, I think the, the kind of the key part in this is does he even have time to be that guy, to show that he's that guy? I mean, you're sitting here right now. The Bears are two and five, seven games. There's, what, 10 games left in the season? Um, I don't think that's a long enough stretch for him to come in and prove, yeah, we, we, we can't pass up Caleb Williams. We can't pass up Drake May. We have to go with Tyson Bajan. And on the other side, I mean, I, it's almost not enough time for Fields because he's going to miss this game, so he'll have nine left. He probably is going to miss the Saints one. I mean, even if he, you know, if he comes back for the Saints one, that's still at nine games left. Um, and we're talking, you know, he could miss the Saints and have a short week and miss the Carolina game, and at worst or at best, he's got seven games left. So I, I just don't think the time is there for either of these quarterbacks. And I don't think like I don't think it's a bad thing to say like Tyson Bajan isn't the future. Cause I do think we can praise him and say like, yeah, he ran the game plan. He executed. And, you know, people use the term game manager and take it as a negative. I don't think it's a negative at all. I think he was a game manager and he did what essentially he was supposed to do on Sunday. 
Well, that's the thing. Like, it, it seems like the, 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 there's just so many extremes, whether, you know, either a guy is going to be the next greatest thing or he sucks. Like, there's no in-between. There's no nuance to the conversation. Yeah, the, dude, here's the reality. Like, Tyson Bajan can be a huge value to the Bears as a backup quarterback for the next four years on a rookie contract. And that's a huge win. You're talking about an undrafted free agent. How many undrafted free agents do the Bears have on their roster right now that they have signed as undrafted free agents? Not many at all. So it's like you take the Jack Sanborns as wins. Even if he's your starting Sam and he plays, you know, 25, 30% of the snaps, like that's still a win. Like guys that are undrafted free agents that become role players in any way, shape, or form that's a win for any team. And that's kind of the thing where it's like, that's where the nuance needs to come in. Like Tyson Bajan doesn't need to be the bears answer at quarterback. He's not going to be the answer at quarterback. I'm sorry. Like I know that we're only seven games into the season and technically the Carolina Panthers have only played six games, but I find it really hard to believe that between the bears and and the Panthers picks that one of those picks isn't going to fall within the top two. You know, it, it just, it seems Highly unlikely that the Bears aren't going. It's going to be Carolina's. It's it's. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, look at their next two games. Those next two games are like the only, like legit winnable games in my opinion. I'd say their next that. three because I mean, if we're being completely honest, oh the Bears, I mean, the Bears yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the Bears have to be a winnable. Yeah, I mean, you look at the rest of their dude. You look at the rest of their schedule. It's good luck, you know. And that, but that's kind of the thing, right? Is like it's one of those situations and I'm not even saying like, I, I don't think we are to the point yet. I think, you know, I, I know where I think this is leading to, but we're not to that point because again, we're seven games into the season, but I, I think there's a very good chance that the bears are going to have one of those top two picks. And I, I'm sorry, but if, if you're sitting there, whether it's Ryan Poles at GM or a brand new GM, depending on how this goes, and you're sitting there with one of those top two picks and you're looking at Caleb Williams or Drake may dead in the face and you're telling me that you're going to say, you know what, we're going to trade down again, and we're going to roll with Tyson Bajan as our quarterback. I don't care, dude. I, I just, I'm sorry. I don't care what Tyson Bajan does the rest of the year. If the Bears have a top two pick and, and Justin Fields isn't the guy, then one of those two quarterbacks is, is going to be the new quarterback in Chicago. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. I mean, I I, I don't know. Because here's the thing. Tyson Bajan – it would be malpractice. Well, it, it would be. In, I mean, let's be honest, man. Like like you said, Tyson Bajan was really good as a game manager. He can be a really good backup, like a Gardner Minshew type backup. But he has his limitations. And that's the thing that I think people are really glossing over. Like, it's not just that he doesn't have a good, like, you know, to today's standard, you know, caliber NFL arm. Like, dude, he doesn't have a good arm at all like he's not a guy that's good like i'm sorry but it's not a to me it's not some coincidence that they pulled him out of the game and brought nathan peterman in to throw a hell mary from the 45 yard line like that's not a coincidence that that happened it's because they knew the tyson bajant wasn't gonna be able to get the ball in the end zone and that's fine again as a backup quarterback that's great but i think it's just it's turned into this crazy narrative, and it's only going to get worse, dude. If if the Bears come out and they, and Tyson Bajant looks how he did, even if he throws for 160 yards with one touchdown and makes no under, you know no real you know, mistakes, and the Bears come out and they win the game, dude. National sports media is going to be an absolute mess because everybody wants to root for the underdog for one, and two, everybody loves to create a quarterback controversy. So it's like, I just. I don't know, man. Like, 
again, I, I think there's a lot of positives to take from it. And that's not even, that's not even shitting on the guy because really I think if, if they can find a good quality backup quarterback, it, let's just say hypothetically speaking, you know, with the way things are trending, they take one of, you know, Caleb Williams or Drake may one or two overall, and they have Tyson Bajan as their, as their backup quarterback. Dude, you're talking about a super, super cheap quarterback room. Cause usually if you have a rookie quarterback, you're still talking about having some sort of higher paid veteran quarterback back behind him for at least the first year or two until you feel comfortable. But if you get Tyson Bajan a few more starts, you like what you see, he fits into you know the offense for next year, all of a sudden you've got that situation figured out, which means it's it's there's more resources to go around to spend at other spots. But I don't know, man. I, the, the lack of nuance, and I know it's sports, but the lack of nuance within the conversation through one game when in all reality, like you said, he was a game manager. That's not a knock, but at the same time, like the Bears are looking at a situation where they're either going to have a vastly talented quarterback in Justin Fields if he can figure things out, or they're going to have a vastly talented quarterback that's coming out of the draft with Drake May or Caleb Williams. I, I, I think that those are really the only two real viable situations that you're looking at for quarterback next year, and I don't think that Tyson Bajan is going to be in that mix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, my mute button was stuck there. Yeah, you know, it, like I said, it'd be malpractice not. If you had number one and in fields, you know, it's going the way he's going and, and, you know, he doesn't take, you know, leaps and bounds the moves to get ahead and and be that number one guy for you, it would be crazy not to take Caleb Williams or Drake May. And, and you're right, man. Like the the Panthers right now, Looking at they, they, I mean, they had the perfect bye week, essentially. The Bears did for, with, with the Panthers on the bye week. Sorry, um, be, because you look at it, and right now it's the Panthers at 0 6, the Cardinals are the next closest at 1 and 6. Then you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that have two wins. So essentially, there is a <clears throat> two game gap there between having number one and getting a quarterback. Because even if you're at number two, you're probably going to get Drake May if you're the Bears. Um, or, you know, Caleb Williams if someone goes Drake May one. So, you know, the Bears do have a good shot at, at getting that number one pick. And then you look at the Bears, they're sitting at number three right now. Um, obviously, things could change. But you look at, like, 19 to 10 right now is has three wins. That's obviously all going to change. A lot of those teams play each other. Um, not all those teams will be bad the rest of the year. It's still very early. So you're right. I mean, I would say like it's a very good chance the Bears are going to have pick one or two and then pick somewhere like pick three to like seven, probably worst, eight at worst. Like I, they're definitely going to be in the top 10 unless they go on a long, you know, winning streak or run. Well, let's, just, just, let's just name out some of these two win teams. I mean, you got yep. Tennessee, the Chargers, Denver. the Packers, yeah, Denver, New England, the Giants, and then Minnesota, Arizona. Minnesota one. Well, yeah, I guess Arizona is a one win team. So, <laughs> 
like when you really look at that, I mean, if you really boil it down, I mean, do Tennessee is going to probably, I mean, even in a worst case, they're going to win five or six games. Yeah. Um, you got the, the chargers again, chargers. I, I would still be shocked if they don't finish with at least seven wins. The pack do the Packers are bad, but and I the think, chargers have to play Denver twice, I believe. Yeah, exactly. But then you look at the Packers and the Packers have one of the worst strength of schedules out there. Um, just slightly higher than the bears right now. It's like the Packers have, they have some winnable games on their schedule. New England still has one of the best, well, I, I would say the best head coach to ever live. It's like they will find a way. I mean, dude, they used to beat the Bills. Like they'll find a way, yeah. even if they win six games, they'll find a way. The Giants, I mean, I, I don't know. I I, don't, I didn't think the Giants were very good last year. I don't think the Giants are very good this year, but I do think that they'll, again, they'll find a way to win five games. So well, it's really. Patriots also play the Giants and Chargers this year too. Exactly. So, and that's kind of the thing. So it's like, yeah, a lot of these teams are going to play each other. So I really think, I mean, outside of the bears, because we'll just leave the bears out of this. Like, I really think the only viable teams that could be possibly challenging for that number one overall pick is Arizona, who, I mean, dude, I looked at their schedule earlier today. That's let's hope Kyler Murray comes back soon. Let's just put it that way. Cause dude, they got a gauntlet of a, of a schedule. Um, and I think Denver's the other team. Cause I'll be honest, man, Denver looks like a heaping pile of garbage. And I think that they're going to, I think they're going to trade away some guys. They're the team I'm most worried about. You know what? You don't know why? Because I think Sean Payton is pretty much fed up with Russell Wilson and he sees an opportunity. Okay. Let's move on from everything. Let's reset, build around Patrick Sertan, um, maybe build around a couple pieces. I, I mean, I don't want to say tank tank, but like kind yeah. of feels like they're going to go into the tanker. Yeah. And well, in, I mean, and they play in a really tough division. Yes. Yeah. They still have Kansas city. I think they have them this week. So yeah. Kansas city this week, Yeah, they have the chargers twice and they have Las Vegas one more time who already beat them. And then dude, we, the bears have the, the Cardinals on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what, and that's kind of the thing. So it's like, I mean, and, the, and again, the strength of schedule will flex over time. We're not even halfway through the season yet. But the way it's trending, usually when you see, like, for example, um, the Arizona Cardinals have the second highest strength of schedule out of any team in the league right now. And Carolina is hovering right there in the middle. And frankly, Carolina plays in a pretty bad division. So and that's the other thing is that that is a tiebreaker. The higher strength of schedule gets the lower pick. So let's say Carolina and Arizona finish with the same exact record. There's a very good chance that Carolina is going to end up like they'll they'll end up with a higher the lower strength of schedule, which will then you know by default give them the higher of the pick. So yeah, I mean the Bears are the Bears are in a good position to and again that that's not to write off Justin Fields, but regardless of how you feel about the quarterback situation as a whole, the goal should be for the Carolina Panthers to land you the number one overall pick, because even if fields is the guy, you do the same damn thing. You just did. You trade it. I, and correct me, you know, correct me if you feel any different, but I feel like if, if the bears get number one overall and they trade that pick, you're talking about a, a crazy high, much higher value than it was last year, because I oh, think 100%. even if you don't, even if you aren't decided on whether Drake may or Caleb Williams is your quarterback one right now, you know, and, and I know that's going to be a debate. I think that we can all agree that at least on paper, in terms of projection, these guys are both considerably higher thought of prospects than anybody from last year. And that's not to take away from what CJ Stroud has done, but I'm just talking about in terms of perception, like there is going to be a team that is going to move heaven and earth and give up, you know, a high quality player or two and more draft picks than what we saw last year. So it either way, it's an advantageous situation for the bears to be in rooting for the bears to have the number one pick with the Carolina pick 
is not writing off Justin Fields. It's not hoping that the Bears tank. It's just the reality of it is you get that pick and you have endless opportunities to do whatever the hell you want with it. It's just, there's too much rooting against Caleb Williams and Drake May. It's just, there's too much. And, like, my point is, like, the the best thing that could happen for the Chicago Bears is Justin Fields is the guy. You get the number one pick, you can trade it away. Or you get another top five pick, you can trade it away. That's the best thing. But what we've seen from Justin Fields so far, in my opinion, I'm rooting for the kid. I hope he does well. I hope he's the guy because it puts the Bears in a better position. I can't confidently say he is the franchise quarterback for the future. I can't say he's you take the chance on him and pass up someone like Caleb Williams or Drake May. And I think when you look at like social media and you see, you know, people just rooting on Caleb Williams' struggles and you know, Drake May struggle against Virginia and all this stuff, it's like, what are we doing here? Why do we want the same old thing that we're seeing this year? I promise you. If Justin Fields doesn't show anything this year, and I, and I hope he does, I want to say this again, I hope he does, from call a hater. If he doesn't show you anything this year, why do you want to run it back next year? It is malpractice to pass over a quarterback prospect. Like, I don't even want to say generational or any of that stuff. I get it. I get the frustrations with that. It's malpractice to do it. You have to keep taking a swing at it. And it's just, it's crazy to me. And the other thing is, it's like, you want Caleb Williams to be really damn good because if Justin Fields is your guy, like you said, man, you're going to get a crazy, like historical package from a team to move up to get Caleb Williams. Like we're talking multiple first rounders, probably multi- a day two or, or more pick, maybe another player. And look what you got last year. You got DJ Moore, two first rounders and another pick. You're going to get multiple first rounders, you're going to get um, probably two day two picks, something like that. Another few, you're going to get something crazy. Probably the same thing if you're at number two as well. And you finish, you know, you don't want Drake May. But yeah, I, I would just think it'd be crazy if the Bears passed up on Caleb Williams or Drake May if Fields not the guy. I, I see this. Everyone wants to build in the trenches and trade back, keep trading back and wait for the next quarterback class. And I, you're wasting time. Those to me, those are the same people that don't want to rebuild. They want to get things done on the fly. Well, guess what you're doing? You're rebuilding. You don't have a quarterback. You're not going to win in this league. You're not going to win with Dyson Bajan throwing 163 yards. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. You might win a couple games, but it's, you're not going to be where you need to be. And it, you know, we're going to talk about more about this as as, as the season goes on. I'm, I'm guessing here in the offseason as well. But it's just crazy to me to see the discourse on Twitter right now of like, oh. Caleb Williams stinks, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, mate, he struggles. He has struggled. He struggles in Notre Dame. Um, I thought he played pretty well against Utah. And, like, people, we have this thing where we have to look at the last game played no matter what. Like, you look – last year, Utah was a solid defense, and he threw eight touchdowns against them in, in two games. And he's played some good defenses. Now, he does struggle under pressure. He does have a lot of time to throw back there. He is an improviser. Just got to give it time, let it play out. We'll see how it goes. But – a little bit to talk about this game, Aaron. Um, you know, we kind of covered, I do think it'll be a little bit of a tougher test for the Bears. Obviously, you know, the pass rush from the Chargers, it's a better defense. Um, you know, Cleo Mack, Joey Bosa, um, they got a couple other guys on that line as well. I think it's going to be a different attack from, from the Chargers. I think they're going to try and blitz uh, Bajit and they're going to bring the heat and they're going to try and force him to throw deep as well, try and take away everything underneath and maybe get some turnovers from the bears. I would lean on the run, man. I would lean on Dante Foreman. I would lean on hopefully Roshan Johnson. If he's back this week, sounds like he's going to practice Wednesday. 
I, or, or at least maybe this Thursday, if not, um, I would lean on that run and I would have kind of a similar game plan, get the ball out quick and, and get it to my playmakers. Well, I think, you know, I've shit on this coaching staff a lot. Um, and I still do not remotely think that they're the answer. And I think the, I think the worst case scenario out of this year is them coming back. With that being said, I, I think that there is some credit due from last week, uh, especially from Chris Morgan and and Luke Getze with the offensive game plan. And the reality of it is, is that what they did last week is exactly what they need to continue to do. Because like you said, they got the ball out quick. They leaned on the run. There wasn't a lot of situations where Tyson Bajan was ever in, you know, really that much danger. I mean, they gave up two sacks, but frankly, the one sack was against Nathan Peterman because for some odd reason, he just like he did this like weird scramble thing and waited a little too long on the hail Mary. And it would technically counted as a sack, but what the I, hell was that? What the hell I, was that? And what the hell was, I mean, you know, call me old man yelling at cloud. Why did they bring in Peterman at the end of the game to take the kneel? Like, no I, did you problem. listen to Matt Eberflus? He said, we have done this before this year to get guys reps. This is something that we do. We bring in a backup quarterback to take a rep. Have you ever, I, I've never seen that this year. I mean, am I crazy? Um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that didn't happen when they blew out Washington. And no. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong and maybe I've slept since then, but the bears have only won two games this year. <laughs> so it, it I, makes no no did Kansas City I think did um did no Peterman didn't even get in Kansas City did he no I don't think so I think it was Justin Fields the entire the time hell yeah it was because there was that garbage time touchdown at the end what is this guy talking about but man? that's a dude Matt Aberflew's <laughs> lies and it word it, it, salad another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is, but it's the most insane thing because sometimes, like, I think he's so conditioned to lie that he lies about things that he doesn't even need to lie about. Like, the... Like even last week, the whole offensive line thing, like it's like you pretty much had Tevin Jenkins telegraphing what was going on. Adam Johns, I think, was the one that had it. I think he had it on the podcast on uh, Hogan Johns on Thursday, the exact offensive line configuration that they were going to have on Sunday. And he had it on Thursday and the Bears played this like weird game. It's just it, it gets to a point when, it, you know, I don't know, man, it, it's it just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But to this coaching staff's credit, uh, especially uh, well, I mean, frankly, dude, the defense has been playing. They've been playing some bad, bad offenses or not great offenses, but the defense has been playing a hell of a lot better lately too. But the offensive game plan I thought was really good because Darnell Wright was very clear and clearly not 100. percent The shoulder was bothering him. You're still playing with a backup left tackle. Um, you're playing with a completely jumbled, um, you know, offensive line right now where Cody White here, who is supposed to be the starting center, they keep wanting to slide him back out to, to guard for whatever reason. You move Tevin Jenkins from left guard to right guard. You put Lucas Patrick in at center. And in all reality, man, they ran the ball really well. They protected the quarterback really well. And they pretty much ran the offense about as smoothly as possible. Um, so, I mean, they, they deserve a lot of credit. I, here's what I will say. I, I think that damn near everything went right for them 
And I don't think that that's always going to be the case. And I think that that's where you're going to kind of start seeing the offense get a little clunky. They stayed in front of the chains. And I think that that's going to be a big key in this game because the one time that they didn't stay in front of the chains, I can't remember exactly what happened. It was either, there was like a penalty, like a holding penalty or something. We saw when the Bears got in a, you know, a second down and long situation, they basically had to kind of, you know, punt on the drive because they weren't going to be able to pick up 20 yards and three plays or two plays or whatever the hell it was. So, I mean, that's the thing. This offense has to stay on schedule. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. The, the Chargers are one of those teams. I feel like every year, like they have so much talent, and yet you look at the end of the year and you're like, "That's it. That's all that they did." Like, I, I think some of it's coaching, um, and I, I just there's just I don't know what it is, man. I, like, if you ever notice like the trends of teams like over like multiple decades, like the the Chargers have always been one of those teams outside of a pretty small stretch where they have a ton of talent and they always underachieve. And I don't know what it is. I mean, they got a lot of talent on defense. Um, you know, they got a lot of talent on offense, even with uh, Mike Williams going down for the year. So this will be another interesting, uh, I think this will be another interesting test, both offensively and defensively. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see, you know, can the bears finally get it back on track? Because as crazy as it sounds, the bears have not had a win streak at all during the Matt Eberflus era. Um, so this will be, this would yeah, be no, if they, if they were able to, yeah, I know it's crazy. If they were able to win this game, this would be the first win streak that they've had in the, in the Matt Eberflus era. And he still needs to win just, just FYI. He still needs to win another four games by the end of the year, not to be the most losingest coach in bears history. Yeah. Um, Bad, 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 bad. Like I, I'm gonna give them some credit, especially the coaching staff. Like the defense has played well. Also, man, shout out Darnell Wright. Max Crosby is arguably the best pass rusher in the NFL. One of um, friend of the show, Max Crosby. People forget we did talk to him in the pre-draft process. Uh, super nice guy. Great to see him having success. Had Darnell no idea Wright. that he was going to be that good. Yes, we had no. We were just interviewing some kid from like Eastern Michigan, yeah. and it was like, yeah, and uh, third round pick, um, and is is fantastic. But shout out to Darnell Wright, man. Like he held his own against Max Crosby. Crosby did get the sack. I was trying to remember what play it was, but there's this video. Do you see like Darnell Wright's mainly doing this with like one hand, keeping Crosby off? Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he basically didn't have use of his one arm. It was crazy. Dude, it is – it's crazy. I mean, he is – I know it's only, what, been seven games, man, but I think the Bears got a guy there. Like, I don't think they just got a guy. Like, I think they got a guy guy. Like, Well, the, there's been a lot more good than there has been bad. There's been some bad moments, but there's been a yeah. lot but, more good than there but, has been But bad. look, man, like, he's faced off. I mean, he's gone against um, Chris Jones. He's gone against a good front um, with Tampa Bay. He's gone against a good – I mean, the Packers' defense is still pretty damn good. They have a good front. Um, they have – you know, they've had – he's gone up against some really good pass rushers and pressures, and, and he's done phenomenal. And that right side, that was locked down with, with Tevin Jenkins and, and um, Darnell Wright. And it was locked down the week before with Nate Davis and Darnell Wright outside of – a couple plays here and there. I think that first play, Daniel Hunter got in untouched. Um, that looked like miscommunication. But, you know, the Bears, I, I think, man, they got some, you know, they got some guys in that offensive line. Now, what do you do when Nate Davis comes back? You know, what do you do with Tevin Jenkins? Because I think Lucas Patrick has shown he's, he's better at center, in my opinion. I think Lucas Patrick is way better at center. 
what do you do with Cody Whitehair? Cody Whitehair should be on the bench, man. I mean, it's just I, I, I he, like Cody he Whitehair. Did play, he did play well last week. That's like kind he of was thing. he was solid <clears throat> last week. But I mean, the thing is, though, is if you go back and you really look at like the numbers and and you know if you follow like PFF grades and all that stuff, like he was still not even close to being the Bears' best lineman. I think you can mix and match. I think the biggest thing with Lucas Patrick at center versus a guy like Cody Whitehair is that at least Lucas Patrick is more consistent snapping the ball. And they seem to, they, they very clearly trust him better. My, Cause here's the thing, man, when Nate Davis comes back dude, Tevin Jenkins is your best offensive lineman. He was your best offensive lineman last year. He's your best offensive lineman this year. Health is the only thing getting in the way of him being, you know, pro bowl slash all pro player. You got to find a way to get him out on the field. I, I'm yeah. sorry, but especially because Lucas Patrick's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And frankly, I cannot see the Bears paying Cody White here. I think it's like 14 or 15 million dollars a year next year in his final year of his deal to be on the roster. So, I mean, you're talking about two guys that are not going to be here next year versus a guy in Tevin Jenkins who will like you got to find a way to make it work. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do like the outlook for their offensive line. Um, I just still think they need a better anchor at left tackle. Um, you know, Les Braxton can can show us something, but he's been hurt. Um, but if you could get that anchor out there at left tackle, a stud um, through the draft or even a free agency, man, your offensive line is going to look really good for no matter who's playing quarterback back there. Um, Aaron, let's let's get into a prediction in, in X Factor. Um, I'll let you go first this week. How about that? Um, prediction X factor. And then also, um, your, uh, cause this week as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'll start off with my, uh, my prediction here. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, uh, dude, I'm just, I I'm done picking, I'm, I'm done picking the bears. I maybe, maybe against the Panthers. We'll see. I'm going to go 27, 20, uh, chargers. Um, I, I don't know, man, like, like you said, the chargers are a better team. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things where we've seen the bears can come out and they can win football games. I'm not going to say they don't have a chance because they very clearly do, but at the same time, it's, I don't know. It's just, I got to see it to believe it every week, whatever. Uh, I think, you know, the X factor, um, you know, for this game is, is really just, they've, they've basically got to play about as flawless as they did last week offensively. And I think that that's going to be a big thing because the chargers do have a good offense. They're going to find a way to score points. So that'll be my X factor. Um, and then this week, um, touchdown for tails, uh, rescue of the week is Paul Chicago. So it's one that's been around for about 26 years now. Um, they do some absolutely incredible numbers. Um, they've done a lot of good things in this, in the city of Chicago. Um, and I, I, I'd have to go back and look, but I think it's like 16,000 animals that have been rescued and adopted out, uh, since they started back in, uh, Back in 1997, so I mean, it's 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 a really cool, uh, really cool rescue. Um, I, I think the thing that I like about them the most is that while they do list their animals, they also give a little bit more insight in terms of like how they do with humans, how they do with kids, how they do with other dogs, other cats, uh, stuff like that. And then they also have you take a compatibility quiz, so that way you don't just hone in on an animal and not worry about fit and just try to make it work or say whatever you, you know, say whatever you want. So I, I think that they, they have a tried and true process and they're also really active in the community um, when it comes to doing spay and neutering um, and, you know, low cost stuff and, and, and helping out the community. So I think it's really another really good rescue. That's a crazy thing, man. Chicago, obviously I know Chicago is really big, but Chicago has a lot of awesome animal organizations, but Paw Chicago is definitely up there with the best of them. Paul, yeah, they are very good, uh, very popular. Um, 
they, they are awesome. Um, done some things with them in the past. They are, they are really, really cool. Um, my, my prediction, I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. I just think, you know, they have the better quarterback. They have the better weapons on offense. Um, probably the better pass rushers. So I'm going to say Chargers 27, Bears 13. Um, yeah, I, I just I can't pick the Bears to win this one. They got to they got to show it me again. Hopefully, defense plays well. My X factor can you can you slow down Justin Herbert? Can you stop Justin Herbert? Not let him get into a rhythm. Get in, get to him early. Um, hit him a couple times. Knock him out of that rhythm. If you can do that, you got a shot. Um, I think the defense has played well as of late. Let's do it against a better opponent um, and, and build a win streak. But I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one. Aaron, we're going to read uh, your work. Follow you on. Twitter, all that good stuff. Yeah, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter, and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. Awesome. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Follow Bear Report on Twitter at Bear Report. Um, please rate, review, subscribe. All major podcasting platforms helps us. Picks for polls. Um, all that good stuff. Stay up to date with the Bears by going to bearreport.com. Till next week, everyone, please stay safe. Please stay healthy. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.